is Suzanne Pillins and this is a Step Out in Faith Bible School and today we will be speaking on the power of prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is communication with our living God. But then there is prayer and there is prayer. There is prayer that bounces off the ceiling and there is prayer that reaches right into the heart of God. There is prayer that accomplishes very little. And there is prayer that affects great change. James 5, 16 to 17 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Then he prayed again that it might rain, and the rain came, and the earth brought forth its increase. The first important thing we need to achieve in prayer is to live a righteous life. For a righteous life affects great change. A righteous life opens the way for prayer to become effective. You see, sin cuts us off from God. It blocks the way, it blocks the answers to our prayers. But when we turn from sin and pursue righteousness, which is a free gift of God, but we have to pursue it every day, then all these negative things are out of the way. And God is able to answer our prayers. He's able to hear our prayers because there's no sin in the way. And he's able to answer our prayer because there's no sin in the way. And so this is why it is so, so, so important to keep clean from sin and to pursue righteousness. Two, the second reason is in Exodus 32, 31 to 34, where we read of Moses pleading with God. <clears throat> so Moses went back to the Lord and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold. But now, please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out of the book you have written. And the Lord replied to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Now go lead the people to the place I spoke of, and my angel will go before you. However, when the time comes for me to punish, I will punish them for their sin. Moses stood in the gap for the people of Israel. And God answered his prayer immediately. We too must learn to stand in the gap for the individual that we're praying for, the people, the city, or the nation of whom we are praying for. Three, let's read Kings 18, 17 to 40. This explained how Elijah challenged the Baal worshippers to build an altar. 
to their gods. And then he would build one to his God, the true God. We've got to take responsibility to make it happen. You see, in this verse, it's, it's uh, too much to read right now, but you can look it up for yourself. Kings 18, 1 Kings 18, 17 to 40. Elijah got all the Baal worshippers to make their altars and call down their gods. And then he made one to the true God. And then, on top of that, he then empties three buckets of water, uh, 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 big th things of water, drums of water, over the sacrifice and dug a trench which he filled with water. But the moment he called upon God, God immediately answered with fire and took up the offering, the dust, the, all the water out of the trench, and the people of Israel turned back to God. They all fell on their faces and said, Thou art God. Thou art God. He took responsibility to make it happen. If he did not build the sacrifice, God couldn't have answered, could he? But he built the sacrifice. He took responsibility to make it happen. Even though if God had not answered his prayers, they would have killed him. But he knew God so well, he knew that his God was the living God. He knew his God was the true God. Therefore, he knew God would answer. And the moment he prayed, God answered the prayer with fire. So we need to take responsibility and do our part in answering that prayer. And then God will do his part in answering that prayer. We need to pray also with the same faith. And three, if we read Daniel's petition to the Lord in Daniel 9.36, So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, how great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with all who love you and obey his commands. We have sinned, we have done wrong. We have been wicked, we have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in the name of our kings our witness and our fathers, princes and our fathers, as to all the people of the land. Daniel prayed with fasting. Sometimes we have to pray and fast. Well, for we are not fighting flesh and blood, but we are fighting against the evil principalities. And this sometimes takes fasting. We must be prepared to fast. We need to be disciplined. You know, <clears throat> an army has to be disciplined. They have to be prepared for war. Fasting helps prepare us to fight against the spiritual forces that cause that sickness, that cause that problem. And then we need to cut it off in Jesus' name. I was speaking at a church where there were some problems in it recently and there was fighting amongst the leadership and it wasn't very pleasant. I mean, this should not be happening in the church. And then I was told that there were lots of uh, witchcraft caverns around the hills. <coughs> and I said, look, as 
you know, it's no use just being passive and just sitting there complaining and fighting with one another with words. Let's stand up and fight in the spirit. And they stood up and for 10, 15 minutes, we just prayed in the spirit and we cut off those evil forces in Jesus' name. We cut off that anger. We cut off all the things that had got in. And you know, in the spirit, I just saw these things just crumble into nothing. And then we had communion and I said, no one come and receive communion until you have put things right with that person you have been arguing with, forgiven one another. And it was a play, uh, such a church where you came up to receive a little, um, uh, uh, the bread and then a little cup. And so this person came up and she took the bread and the wine and she went and gave it to the one that she had been arguing with. Then the person she had been arguing with came, took the bread and wine and gave it to her. And suddenly they were embracing one another and crying. And one by one, everyone in that church did the same. Totally healed. The Lord totally healed that church that night. And it's been a turnaround. Wow. That was so, so beautiful to watch. You see, we are fighting against the principalities. And when we pray with authority, we have the victory. As easy as that. We need to pray. Jonah 3, 4 to 5 says, On the first day Jonah started into the city, he proclaimed, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. And the whole of Nineveh was saved. Five, 1 Kings 8, 28 to 30. We will read part of Solomon's prayer of the dedication of the new temple. Yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy, O God, Lord, my God. Hear the cry in the prayer of your servant, praying in your presence this day. May your eyes be open towards this temple night and day, this place which you said, my name shall be there, so that you will hear the prayer of your servant praying towards this place. Hear the supplication of your servant and your people Israel when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. Solomon cried out to God. He prayed with meaning. He prayed with urgency. And you know what happened? The moment he had finished that prayer, the Holy Spirit came down with fire. The fire came down and consumed the offering. And the presence of the Lord filled the temple. And the glory was so great that none of the priests, none of the people were able to enter that temple because the awesome presence of the Lord was so great. Cry out to God and he will answer. He says, cry, call unto me and I will answer the famous prayer of James. When we cry out to God, he hears us. Sometimes when we come into silent prayer, he also hears us. 
You know, I was thinking sometime, you know, often when we come into that silent prayer, we seem to come into this charged, expectant silence. And I always thought, well, maybe that is the way into the presence of God. But all of a sudden, I notice that that is when suddenly people start to get healed in their seats and things start to happen. And then I said, Lord, how is it that we, that it's when we come into silent prayer that you answer? And he said, how does a king enter? Usually through some salute. They blow the trumpet and then they wait in silence. And the king enters. You know something? He's the king of our universe. He wants us to wait on him. And as we wait on him in silence, he steps into our midst. John 4, 23. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. Jesus tells us to pray in spirit and truth. This is praying in the Holy Spirit whom the Father gives to us. Many years ago, what was in 1980, I was working on the kibbutz. I had not yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was struggling with the work. It was September, very, very, very hot. Planting seed, grass seeds in a hot sun for six hours makes you very exhausted. <laughs> and I was coming back to my room and just crying. And I read this verse in Isaiah 40, 40. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up as wings of eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. Right? I'll get up half an hour early and I'll wait on God. So I got up half an hour the next day and I waited on God and I went to work. And nothing happened. Now, I know that if we fulfill the conditions, then something would happen. So I came back to prayer. And I said, Lord, why didn't this happen? And he led me to the feeding of the 5,000. And they gathered up five baskets of crumbs. I said, what does this mean? He says, that was the overflow of my miracle. You need to wait on me until filled to overflow. I said, but Lord, how? And he took me to this verse of John 4, 23. But the time is coming, and now is, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. I said, Lord God, I know how to worship you in truth, but I don't understand the spirit thing. I don't understand how to worship in the spirit. And the Lord said, I will show you how. And I knelt down and all of a sudden 
It's as if the Holy Spirit just came on me and I began to worship the Lord in a new dimension and in a language I had never ever spoken in. And it was so glorious that I didn't want to stop, but I had to go for work. And the Bible says, pray without ceasing. So I went to work, inwardly having the most glorious time with the Lord and outwardly doing the work. And I did the work so easily that the Jews came up to me and said, what has happened to you? You are working so well and so quickly today and you're not even tired like you were yesterday. And I said, I've just learned how to pray. When we fulfill the conditions, we will rise up as wings of eagles. We shall run and not get weary. We shall walk and not faint. And never again since that time have I ever cried through too much work or too much exhaustion because I've learned to wait on God and to be filled to overflowing. Because you know, it's only, only the overflow we can give away. It was the crumbs collected in those 12 baskets that were given away. The people had eaten the rest. God feeds us first. And when we are overflowing with the glorious Holy Spirit, that is the abundance that we give away to others. Isaiah 7, Isaiah 40, 31 encourages us, but those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. And this is what we have already spoken about. Waiting on the Lord. Number eight, John 11, 33 to 36, describes what happens when Lazarus had died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved them. Jesus prayed with compassion. This is what makes whom you are praying for part of you. It makes you prepared to go that extra mile to make it happen. Sometimes God is waiting for us to do our part so that he can do his part. As he chose to wait for Elijah to build the altar and waited all day for the Baal worshippers to call down their gods. It was when Elijah then called him to take the sacrifice. That was a moment he moved. Mark 14, 36. Let us see what Jesus' conversation was with his father. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus prayed that that cup of suffering would be taken from him. But then he said, not my will, but your will. Jesus was obedient right to the cross, right to his death on the cross. 
So how do we bring all these things that we learn from the prophets of the Old Testament, what we learn from the Lord? How do we bring it all together? It is a balance of compassion and taking responsibility to make it happen. The feeling of compassion causes the action. Prayer is not just saying prayers. Prayer is active, effectual communication with our living God in heaven who affects the answer. And this often causes you to be chosen, me to be chosen, to affect that answer and to begun, become to God like an extension of his outstretched hands. God will answer when we do our part to make it happen. When we do our part to make it happen, we can be sure he will do his part to make it happen, providing we are in his will. That is the important thing. It's got to line up with his will and it has to line up with scripture. So it's not just once, it is what God wants, not always what we want. And then he will answer. And in all able God to do his part, we must put God first in our lives and love him with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. When we really love him, the Lord will move. He will work through your life. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When he raises us up into the heavenly places in him, he gives us the authority of the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to cast out sicknesses, diseases and demons. He gives us the authority to lay our hands on the sick and to become part of his answer in healing that person. Yes, you and I can affect great change when we really learn how to pray as God would wish us to, when we do our part to get to know God, then we will know that God will do his part. And there are two types of prayers. There's a fellowship prayer, which is a part of prayer that we love, getting to know God by loving him and by learning to hear his voice and then there is intercessory prayer where we're able to cry out to God for that person we're praying for and know he will answer. We will be able to approach him on behalf of others knowing his love for them. And we will be able to pray through to the victory knowing his peace. And we will be able to hear him. And as we obey him, we will know that God will answer. And if you have never prayed like this and you want to really know God, first of all, if you have never received Jesus into your life as Lord, just say this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross to forgive my sin. Please forgive me where I have sinned against you in thought, in word, in deed, and in things left undone. 
please come into my life as my Lord and Saviour.